So, uh, it, is, it is a good day, right? Yes. There is a reason why we're here, right? Yes. All right, so um, uh, the, the, the tomb is empty. We're going to talk about the, the tomb. Uh, I want to say also on Thursday night, we had a, a really cool time. We watched The Passion. Uh, for those of you that were, were with us, I thought it was a, um, it was, I don't want to say weird because it wasn't weird. It was just a, a, a really fun, in a, in a preacher sense, fun um, time because what happened was the movie ended and no one moved. Because you know how at the end of movies, everybody's like, okay, the, the, the credits are coming up and everybody's already getting their popcorn and everything. They're going out and they're getting their, they're, you know, kicking the kids. Let's go. No, at the end of the movie, it was like a wow moment. If you haven't watched The Passion, I think it, I would recommend it. It, it, it is, um, and I explained uh, on Thursday night um, that it, it, it does, like, like uh, Dan just said, it pales in comparison um, to the, the reality of what Jesus took upon himself on the cross and dying for our sins. Uh, but it gives us at least a little bit of an understanding, um, the, the, the enormity and the realness of what took place. Uh, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the crucifixion uh, today. Is the crucifixion important? Absolutely, because without the cross, you don't have the tomb. But I'm going to focus more on uh, the tomb today um, and uh, the events that took place uh, around that. So uh, with that, um, if, if you want to turn to John chapter 19, that's where we're going to start. We're going to continue on in this series. We're talking about uh, puzzle pieces and pieces of the puzzle. And, and what we've been doing is we've been uh, approaching this, um, this, this time from uh, um, the, the crucifixion on Friday to the resurrection on, on Sunday. And we've been focusing in on Saturday. Right, we've been focusing focusing in on the, the, the what what took place the Friday evening into Saturday all day Saturday and today we're going to get into Sunday, um, but we've been we've been talking about the when. when um, uh, after Jesus was, was, was crucified, after he was taken down from the cross, after he was put into the tomb, where what happened to the disciples? Where were they at, and what were they, they doing? And, and, and we, we've been talking about that, they, that, that uh, the Bible says that they were um, uh, fearing for their lives, so they're hidden away. And, and we've been talking about some of the conversations that, that, had been, um, that, that might have been going on uh, during that, that time in which they were hidden away. Uh, and, and what we've been doing is we've been identifying some, some puzzle pieces. Uh, and the, the whole premise here is we're putting a piece of, of the puzzle in each week. And we're, we're building this puzzle to see what this picture is because we don't have the box. Everybody loves doing puzzles, right? Not everybody other than Ogre. I know we, we, we've been praying for him on that. Um, but the, usually when you do a puzzle, you have the picture and you start with the, the corner pieces, the edges, and you go and you know what you, the, the, the puzzle in which you're putting together. Well, we're, 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 we're kind of jacked up here. We don't have the box to, to, uh, to go by. What we're doing is we're fitting all the pieces of the puzzle together so that the puzzle can reveal the big picture to us. In a couple of weeks, we'll see what that big picture is. But over the last couple of weeks, um, we, we've seen, uh, we've gotten two pieces of the puzzle. Uh, the, the, the first one being uh, faith. And when we talked about that, if you want to get brushed up on that, listen to the podcast. Um, last week was, was hope. Uh, this week is another uh, addition to that puzzle. And if anybody says, it's love, because faith, hope, and love, you're going to be wrong. You're going to be disappointed. So that's not it. But what I want to do is I want, to, I want us to go back to this room. I want us to go back to the disciples sitting around and, and their lives being, uh, at this point, turned upside down. They're saying, what the 
heck just happened? I was going to say crap, but we got visitors. I can't say that. So what, what, just, what just took place here? You know, everything was going good. And all of a sudden, these people, uh, they, they show up and they, they, they take Jesus away. And now he's dead and he's buried. What, what, what is going on here? So, so they're asking these questions. They're, they're, they're wondering, like, you know, what, what, what just happened? We're going to look at... Um, John chapter 19, and, and what I want to do in John chapter 19, look at uh, verses uh, 38 is where we're going to start, because what, what I want us to, to, to imagine is we're sitting in the room with the, the, the disciples. Now, when we sit in the room with the disciples, don't think that there's only 11 of them in there. Yes, the, 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 we know by now that the, the Judas has already, has already hung himself, so we, we know that the 12 is down to 11. But what we do know as well is that there were, um, there were other uh, men and other ladies that were with the disciples. So it was a larger crowd than just 11 of them. It's going to be important here in, in a second. But just put yourself into this room. Uh, some people like to say that they went back to the upper room. Maybe. I don't know. We, we, we're not clear on that. But they're in a place that's away from everybody else, and they're with their own. And, and they're, they're just remembering what took place. Now, I, I look at it like this, and, and I, I'm remembering this as if so uh, John is sitting there, and he speaks up, and he says, um, you know, he, he, here's what I heard, and I, I, maybe I've seen a little bit, um, that uh, verse 38 says, After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and that Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with uh, the spices, as the burial, or as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. So uh, w w what I want us to do is, is just kind of um, uh, just think about John telling, hey, they laid Jesus in the tomb. Why is it that John is telling this? Well, what we know from Scripture is that when, on, on the night when, when Jesus was betrayed and they came to the garden, everyone scattered. Everyone scattered. And it, ta it talks about how Peter followed them um, from a distance into the, the courtyard and was veering in uh, uh, from, a different, or from a distance. And, and Peter denied Jesus three times, which is a really interesting story for what we're going to talk about today. Uh, because his, his actions denied Christ, uh, along with his words uh, denied Christ. And it wasn't only... Um, it wasn't only Peter who denied Christ. Every single one of those disciples denied Christ by fleeing from him at that time. But what we understand is, is um, at the cross, uh, John was present. Why he came back, we, we don't know. Um, what, what, what we can kind of uh, pull from Scripture is uh, something that I, I, was, I joked about a little bit last week, that he was Jesus' favorite disciple, whatever. But there was something about John that was a little bit different than, than the rest. And so we have this account where John was there at the foot of the cross with Jesus' mother, with the other women when Jesus was crucified. So put yourself in this room and, 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 and um, hear 
through, through the tears. I'm sure that there was plenty of tears uh, that were going on at, at this time. Um, the, the, to hear through the tears what it is that, that these disciples are talking about. Because John's like, oh, I've I, 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 I seen that, 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 that Joseph and, and, and Nicodemus, they took the body and they, they, they wrapped him up and they put him in a tomb. And, and I believe at this time, uh, Levi speaks up and he adds, yeah, you know what? I heard that, that, that Mary Magdalene and, and the other Mary and some of the women that came uh, with uh, us or who have been with us saw exactly where they buried him. Why is that important? Well, because I, I think it's important that we, we, we don't jump to some type of, of uh, notion that, that some people say, well, there's an empty tomb because they went to the wrong tomb to find Jesus, right? That, that's been, for, for, for years, people are like, yeah, they just, the reason there's an empty tomb is because there was no one in there in the first place. No, the, the Bible is very clear, and, and we know that because the disciples paid with their own lives for it to be true, that the, temp, or the, that the tomb in which they went to was the exact tomb in which they saw through Mary Magdalene and the other women, they saw Jesus being put into it. And not only did they see Jesus being put into this tomb, Levi, uh, uh, he, he um, speaks up and he says, yeah, and, and, and Mary and the other Mary and the other Mary and, and the other two Marys, there are lots of Marys in, in, in the Bible, right? All, all of the Marys and some other of the ladies said that they, they put this big honking stone in front of the entrance. So when Jesus was put in there, they, they rolled this stone up in front of this, the entrance, and another disciple uh, spoke up and he says, yeah, you know what? I heard, I didn't see it, but I heard, I heard a little scuttlebutt that not only did they roll the stone in front of the entrance, entrance they sealed it. Uh, they, they, and what that means is it was officially sealed. They took string and they took wax and they, they put this seal on the tomb so that they would know if anybody opened it. So this was an official deal. This, this is like a done deal. Jesus is dead. Jesus is put in the tomb. The door has been closed. And not only has it been closed, it's been a master lock has been put on top of it. We tracking? All right. So, so this is what's all going on. And they're all sitting in this, this, this room and they're thinking about this. And they're like, now what do we do? What is it that, 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 that needs to happen? No one came up with an idea. Because I think at this point, what's really running through their mind, other than the things we talked about the last couple of weeks, is you have Peter there and say, he says, you know what, I messed up. Man, I denied him three times. He even told me that I was going to deny him three times, and I messed up. And, and, and Levi and, and Nathaniel and the rest of them are sitting there, James and John, I mean, they're all sitting there going like, yeah, but so did we. We, we, we ran away too. Why do I highlight that? Because I, what I want us to do is I want us to be able to relate to these, these disciples that are in this room. And the way in which we can relate to these disciples in this room is every single one of us in here at one point or another has, let's use words in which we, we all know, let God down, right? We have denied him with our life. We have denied him with our actions. And we're just, we're sitting here and, and it's just like, man, what, what the crap was I thinking? What was I doing? I mean, he even warned us, right? We, we, we know that, that Jesus warned his disciples what was going to take place, and they still did what they were doing. So I think we're in good company, right? I think we're in good company. I think that, that the burden in which they're, they're bearing is one that we can, we can relate to. And I think that they went to bed that night with that. Maybe they slept, maybe they didn't. 
But it says here in John chapter 20, now on the first day of the week, that's, that's on Sunday, that's the whole reason that we celebrate Easter on Sunday, that's the whole reason we gather on the first day of the week on Sunday, is because Jesus rose on a Sunday. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. I don't know if she made coffee before she left, but you know, it's, I would imagine she probably did, but I mean, but uh, it's still dark. And it says, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So, so just to imagine this, she's still in this, this shock of, man, what is going on? She didn't go to the tomb on Saturday because the Saturday was the Sabbath and they were observing the Sabbath and they were still in shock. Sunday morning, she goes to the tomb, and the tomb where the, the big honking rock was, I don't know if honking is a word, I apologize, but the, the big rock that was in front of it is now rolled away. So in, in her mind, she's like, okay, whoa, what is going on here? So she, it says here, verse 2, so she ran and went to Simon and Peter and the other disciples or in the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. That's referring to John here, which is important here because John's much younger than Peter. He's going to beat him in a foot race. And said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together. So physical fitness is in the Bible. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, whatever. But the other disciple outran Peter. If you don't want to be a Peter when it comes... Take that in context, what I'm saying here, right? <laughs> Train hard. Let's, let's just, just move on. Let's move on. And the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. <gasps> I think his momentum tried to just drug him into the tomb when he got there, right? He was a huffing and a puffing. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself, which is really interesting. If you want to do something on your own, little, this is a little piece for free. Um, that, that's a, a, a carpenter thing of, of that time when um, a carpenter would, or would go into a home and would do their job, they would, and they clean up their tools and they clean up their mess. If the, the, the person of the house wasn't home, they would leave their apron um, folded up in a place to signify, hey, I'm done. So, so this, is, this is interesting that the, the cloth was laid off, folded. It, it, it's saying the same thing Jesus said on the cross. Just so, just so if we didn't hear it the first time where he says, it is finished. He's like, okay, I'm done. All right, here it is. It's finished. It's for free. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in. I think it was more of a respect thing that why he didn't go into the tomb first. He wanted Peter not to feel so bad. Um, and also went in. He saw... And believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Remember, it, says, it just says there that they didn't, they didn't understand. Jesus told them three different times what was going to happen, and they didn't understand. They're sitting there, they're looking at Jesus, not really looking at Jesus, but looking at where Jesus is supposed to be, and they still didn't really fully understand. They just knew, like, like he's not here. Again, what, what, what just happened? 
But Mary, I love this, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. Remember, so the disciples went back, back to where they came from, but Mary's standing there, and she's weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? I love that. Come on. You can't tell me the Bible does not have some comedic relief in it, right? Why are you weeping? We know why. The angels knew why, right? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Why did she not know it was Jesus? There's a lot of, uh, of thoughts. Maybe she was crying so much she couldn't see through her tears. No, I, I think the, the reality is that, that um, up until this point, they still didn't understand what was taking place. God did not open their mind yet. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus opened the eyes of Bartimaeus, and that was, it was an illustration. It was an example of what was taking place in the, in the, the hearts of the disciples, that even though Jesus was telling them what was going on, they still couldn't see. I think this is a, an indication here of this, and it, it, it takes a, a, a quick turn here real quick. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? He says the same thing that the angel said. Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. I, I love this because I, I don't know how big Mary was, and I don't know, maybe she was a CrossFit queen. I don't know. Maybe she was tough. But she didn't even think about, you know, am I even going to be able to carry Jesus? Because remember, it says that they had, he didn't just weigh his normal weight. He had 75 extra pounds on him of spices and wraps and everything. So she's like, I, I, I didn't give thought to that. I just, I'm going to take him. You show me where he's at. I'm going to go get him. I love that eagerness. I love that, that attitude. And I think that sometimes we need to have that, that, that same, you know, just, just, just show me where Jesus is at because I need to be there and I need to get him and I need him with me. And Jesus said to her, Mary, I love that. All, all he had to do was call her name. Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. So she's standing out there weeping and she can't see. And she says, I'll, just, just show me where he's at, I'll go to him. And he says her name. And when he says her name, her, her eyes are open to him. I, I love this because if we're sitting here and we're saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, right? If we're, we're waving the banner of a believer in Jesus Christ, at one point in your life, Christ has said your name and has opened your eyes. He has revealed himself to you. If you're sitting here and like, I, I've never had that, well, that, that's not something that you impose. That's something that has, it's a gift that has been given to you. And like any gift, you have to open it. And it's not just open, it's believing what, what, what happened on this day. It's believing that the tomb is empty. And why the tomb is empty is because Jesus conquered Satan's sin and death. At this moment, her eyes were open and, and, and Jesus has revealed her. And it says that she goes back to the disciples. The first thing that she does is she's going to go tell somebody what just took place. So this is Sunday morning and, and this is all taking place. And, and Peter... And John have already been, they've come uh, from, from the room, and they've already been to the tomb and not seen Jesus. 
They're back where they came from. They're back like, I, don't, I still don't understand what's going on. He wasn't there. And all of a sudden, you, you have a, a, a frantic woman running. No one's ever in, encountered a frantic woman, right? I'll do my best impersonation. So you have a frantic woman running in. He's alive, he's alive, right? It's good. My wife gets like that sometimes, you know. It's... But he, he's alive. And, and it says, I, I love this. I love this because this is past the, 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 the morning time here. I don't know how much time passed. But, but they're still, they're sitting there and they just don't believe what's happening. They, they, they just, they're, they're not getting it yet. Well, later on that afternoon, after Mary comes in there and, and, and says her thing and tells them that, that she's seen Jesus, it says that a couple of the disciples were walking to Emmaus. Um, if you want to turn there, I'm not going to read it. I'll just reference it. Uh, Luke chapter 24. Uh, and um, Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35, talks about a couple of disciples that same day we're walking to Emmaus. And as they're walking along the road to Emmaus, they're talking about what took place. They still ain't figured it all out. They're, they're, they're talking about Jesus being, being crucified. They're talking about him uh, being buried. They're talking about the tomb being empty, and they just don't get it. Well, then as they're walking, this dude shows up and starts walking and talking with him. To make a long story short, it, it, it turns out this is Jesus. And they, they didn't know it was Jesus at the time until it says in... Um, Verse 31, that their eyes were open and they recognized him. It wasn't until they were breaking bread that they recognized Jesus. And what do they do as soon as they see Jesus? It says they turn around they ran back to where they came from. They went back to the disciples. Well, why is this important? Well, because the disciples were still in the same place. Why were they still in the same place? I think that we see here it's fear that's kept them there. I think a lot of times if we're honest... Fear keeps us in places that we're not being effective. How many times do we not face a situation and not deal with something out of fear? How many times do we, do we let fear control us? And I love that song by Zach Williams because he says, you know what fear is? Fear's a liar. Fear keeps you isolated. Fear keeps you from, from uh, confronting or, or facing what it is that, that needs to be faced. Here, the disciples, they were in fear, it says. Look back at John chapter 20 here. John chapter 20, verse 19. It says, on the, on the evening of that day, still Sunday, we're here Sunday evening, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. So they, they, they locked the doors. They already had one crazy lady come busting through the doors, right? So they may, oh, we're going to put the padlock on now this time, right? They locked the doors because of fear that just covered them. And it says, when the doors were locked, fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Peace be with you. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'll be the one that is a coward in here. But if I was in a room locked and there's... X amount of people sitting around, and all of a sudden, there was one more who's supposed to be dead, standing in the midst of us saying, chill. <laughs> I might pee myself. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm being completely, it, it would startle me. And, and I think this fear that was gripping, and he says, 
peace be with you. I love this. There's so many things and so many um, uh, avenues in which we can go on this. But I, I think that there's one, uh, actually a couple different ones that we need to really highlight here. The, the door being locked is, is significant. It's being closed. Jesus appeared to them. He got into that room through the door, through the wall. However, the same way he came out of the tomb. Wait a second. No, it says that the, the, the stone was rolled away. Jesus rolled away the tomb, so he, or rolled away the stone so he can walk out the tomb. No, the Bible doesn't say that. Jesus didn't need the, the stone to be rolled away so for him to walk out. The stone was rolled away so we can go in. So, so think about that. Jesus could have risen from the dead. The, the, the tomb could have been still been st- sealed, still been sealed. And he could have done all of these things, but then there wouldn't be the witness of the empty tomb. So, so I, I love this because it's, it's not because this, the stone was rolled away. It's how Jesus got out. Because the stone is rolled away is how we get in. That shows the relationship in which God wants with us. The lengths in which he goes to display his love for us. And we see this, and they're in the room, and they're like, well, crap, how'd he get in here? And it starts to, starts to come together. Look. Look here with me in uh, Luke chapter 24. Because in Luke chapter 24, after, the, after um, the, 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 these, these guys, the other disciples come back from running, to Emmaus, running back from Emmaus, literally running back from Emmaus, which is another cool thing if you think about it. Some people say, well, Jesus just faked his own death. It's called the swoon theory. Like he wasn't really dead on the cross. And when they, when they put him into the, the tomb, uh, that the, cold, the coldness kind of revitalized his body. And then he woke up and then so they had somebody roll the stone away so we can get out. That's, that's the swoon theory. How many in, in, in here have stubbed your toe? Uh, or twisted your ankle or, or something? Hurt your yeah, ingrown toenail or something? You have difficulty walking, right? Imagine spikes being driven through one of the most tender nervous system parts of your body and then taking a few mile jaunt down the road. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, does it? If he just swooned on the cross, how in the world did he walk nine miles down the road? I don't know. Anyhow, that was for free. So after all of this took place, they're back in the room, and, and it says as they were talking about this, this is the same, the same uh, instance here. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. But they were startled and frightened. Duh! They were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. Oh, okay, so maybe that's how it is. Jesus didn't really raise physically from the dead. It was just his spirit that rose from the dead. That's another thought some people have. Well, Jesus didn't physically. It was just it was a spiritual resurrection. It says, and he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Or why do doubts arise in your heart? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. 
For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. He's saying, if you don't believe me, lay hands on me. Our Pentecostal brothers love this part, right? So lay hands on me, brother. We'll get it. If you don't believe. So he, he, he says, look, right, right, right here, touch, touch me. See, believe for your own, with your own eyes. And he goes a little bit further, and it says, and he, he said, it, um, he had said this, he showed him his hands and his feet, and while they were still, while they still disbelieved, the, the, these guys are, 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 are us. They still ain't got it. He's standing amidst, uh, amongst them, and they're still like, I don't know. I love one of my favorite passages, and most confounding passages in all of the Bible is in Matthew 28, where it says that, that, that um, Jesus is, is you know, going up into heaven. He, he, he's, he's ascending into heaven, and it says that some still doubt. I don't know. That conquering death thing, I don't know, I don't buy it. I've seen, I seen uh, Superman do it in uh, the Justice League. Was that the one we just watched? Forgive me. I, 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 and I watched him, for, for you, those of you that are movie buffs and comic book stuff, I watched him out of order and it didn't, none of it made sense. So maybe you can counsel me on that. But they're, 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 they're sitting around here and they're like, they, they, they still, there's some disbelief. So I love this. I mean, Jesus, he must have been a Baptist, you know. It says, have you anything here to eat? <laughs> Come on, I, you know that's true. Amen, Amen right? I, I knew there's some of you out there. They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. So he, not only did he say, touch me, he's like, I'm going to prove this. You know, Casper the Friendly Ghost, when they, you ever watch that, when he eats something, it goes right down onto the floor? Not, this didn't happen. He, he ate, and it, it went down into his digestive system. I don't know if Jesus farted. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I've been asked that question. I don't know. Don't know. Well, yeah, he pooped, so he had to fart. So, um, forgive me. I, I, I didn't mean. For, I, there, there's a whole list. Some, I know there's somebody here. All, all the things that we need to forgive the pastor for. I ain't perfect. Well, pray for me. Absolutely, please. Verse 44. Then he said to them, "These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled." He says, "Everything written in the Old Testament. That's how we would look at it. Everything written in the Old Testament must be fulfilled." Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. It was at that moment he opened their minds so they could see what they've been missing the whole time. At that time. Jesus revealed himself to them in a way in which, he, which they, they, they couldn't see before that. So the piece of the puzzle is revealed. It's this revelation, however you want to term that. And this revelation, this revealing, is that Jesus reveals himself to his disciples. If we're sitting here and we're like, yeah, I can, I can relate to them sitting in the room because I've jacked some things up, but I've never had that revelation where God reveals himself to me. And I'm not saying that the sky's you know, split open and you hear music and angels come down. What I'm referring to is that moment where you go from just believing God to trusting him. And, and that belief turns into trust when he says your name and you respond and you say, this, my eyes are open. I can see. I might not know everything. 
Because it says that Jesus had to walk them through all of the, 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 uh, the Old Testament there. We need walk through a lot, but our eyes can be open to hear what it is that God is saying to us. God wants to reveal himself to us. That's why the stone was rolled away. He wants to reveal himself to us. But if we just kind of look at the, 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 the stone being rolled away and the empty tomb as something that, eh, it's just kind of a, 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 a subsidiary thing. It's kind of like a, you know, it doesn't really matter thing. You, you miss the whole point and you miss the, the crux of our faith. The Apostle Paul says that if the resurrection did not happen, we ain't got nothing. That's, that's my translation. But it does say that in the original. If we ain't got the resurrection, we ain't got nothing. If we ain't got the empty tomb, we don't have a faith in Jesus Christ. We can't just say, yeah, Jesus was a good man. Yeah, he was a good teacher. Because a good man, a good teacher said all of these things that were going to happen to him. And if they didn't, and and one of those was he said he was going to conquer death. And if it didn't happen, that means he's either a liar or a lunatic right? He either lied about it or he was so cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs that he believed what he said. Or there's a third option. It was true. He was the Lord. He is the Lord. So when Jesus reveals himself, I think that that's the point where, where, we, where we have been. Some of us, that's the point where we're at others. Like, I, I want to trust I want my eyes to be open to him. What we have to do is we have to receive that gift and look at the tomb and say, okay, that's for me. That's not just some hocus pocus kind of feel good message. Stick around here long enough. Y'all know that I don't, (laughs) I'll make you upset. You won't feel good. But Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we could feel good about our sins. He died on the cross so he could pay the penalty for our sins. So we could live an eternal life, a life everlasting, in the shadow of the cross. Because he's paid the debt for all that. So there's nothing that we have done, nothing that that we are doing, nothing that, that, that we will do that Jesus hasn't already paid for. But the question is, what do you believe about that tomb? Has Jesus revealed himself? Has he called you by your name to come to him? 